in your Bibles this morning, Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. I'm going to read these 16 verses to you, and then there'll be a quiz at the end. How many of you love to hear that? It'll be an easy quiz, and I think you'll get the answer pretty easily. I want you to tell me when we finish what the key word of Hebrews chapter number 4 is. And that'll be the emphasis of our message this morning. We follow along in God's words. We read together Hebrews chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day, saying, And David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divining asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look with me in verse number 9. The Bible says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. If you were to guess what the emphasis of chapter 4 of the book of Hebrews is, in one word, on the count of three, you tell me what it is. One, two, three. Rest. rest. That's exactly right. Rest. How many of you would say, Amen, I need some rest. Amen. Uh, how many of you have ever found yourself tired? I've been there. How many of you ever found yourself sick and tired? And uh, I'm not talking about physically, but just sick and tired. Have you ever been sick? Have you been sick and tired of something this week? Would you really be honest? Lord be with us. And some of you've got both hands raised, and I see two big toes up in the air. Uh, sick and tired. Now I'll tell you something. Rest is something that God's people and all people yearn for. But I want to tell you something that the Bible says that is so encouraging. Look what the Bible says, verse number 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. What's that mean? There remains. That means it's still possible 
It's still an option. It still can be obtained. God's people can have rest. And I think and know that this passage of Scripture primarily deals with being sick and tired rather than just tired. Overwhelmed. Burdened down. Hurting. Yearning for something and never being satisfied. The restlessness that comes in life, we don't put God in his proper place. God has promised us something. There is rest. Rest is possible. Today's message is titled this, There is Rest for God's People. You need to know it. There is rest for God's people. Let me tell you something. If you're here today and you're saved and you're restless, if you're here today and you're saved and you're struggling, you're in good company. I'm not throwing stones at you. But I will tell you this. God, by his word, has let us know that there remains, even at the moment in which we live, there remains the opportunity to have rest, peace in your heart, joy, without regard to the circumstances of life. Rest. There's rest for God's people. The Bible gives us his word. There remaineth a rest. Uh, look at something else. Verse number one. I want you to see this. Verse number one. The Bible says, verse number one, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, look, the, the Bible says, look, you need to have fear in your heart. If for some reason you don't have rest in your heart, you need to fear as a child of God, you need to have fear in your heart when you realize there's no rest in your heart because you're missing out on one of God's greatest promises. I love the idea and the thought and fact that God has promised that you can have rest. I want you to take just a moment. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, show me what it is in my heart and, or maybe the list of things in my heart, but highlight something in my heart that's robbing me of my rest. And my joy. And I want you to think about that circumstance, that person, that situation. And I want you to remember something. God has promised you that he'll give you rest. He'll give you rest. Now, I'm not just a rest, it'll be okay kind of person. you got to show me why. And when we look at this text together, there's a lot of reasons and some wonderful things I think will help us. There is rest for God's people. First of all, let's consider the context for just a minute. The Bible says in verse number 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, of entering into his rest. Therefore, we see the word there. Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to see what it's there for. And so we're going to look at the context, and we understand the reason that the rest in, for God's people and the church, Christians, is brought up here is because we're being compared, as the church is being, and Christians are being compared to the nation of Israel. Now the Bible wants us to go back in our minds and think about the fact that Moses has led the nation of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, they've crossed over into the wilderness and God has promised that you're going to make your way through the wilderness. We're going to go to the Jordan River. We're going to cross the Jordan River. We're going to go into the promised land and when you get there you're going to find rest. You're going to find rest. You're going to find victory. Now something interesting to me about the nation of Israel crossing over the Jordan River into the promised land. Ultimately after 40 years it does happen. But you know what was waiting for the nation of Israel when they crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land? 
a land that flowed with milk and honey. That's true. But you know what else was in the promised land with the nation of Israel finally under Joshua's leadership crossed the Jordan River? Let me tell you what else was in there. The walls of Jericho. Battles and wars and struggles and difficulties. But God said, this is the land of promise. And God, throughout the trouble, the trouble and struggles that was going on in the nation of Israel, God said, this is the land of promise. And God promised and gave rest to the nation of Israel even while they were struggling and battling. Now, let me tell you something. God will give you rest. But that does not mean that God is going to take away all of your struggles. You know what happens when we don't have any struggles? <laughs> we start feeling really proud of ourselves. And when we start feeling really proud of ourselves, you know what happens next? We forget that we need God. And when you forget you need God, you leave out the most important part of your life. And we need to praise God for the struggles. God said to the nation of Israel, I'm going to give you rest. I'm not saying I'm going to give you rest by giving you a season when you have nothing to do. Have you ever noticed that rest is not found when you have nothing to do? I meet lots of people that have nothing to do, and restful does not describe them. As a matter of fact, I don't remember the last time I didn't have nothing to do, but there have been a few occasions when I've had nothing to do, and nothing to do, it doesn't promote peace and rest. Oftentimes, people have nothing to do, find themselves digging and diving into sin and sinful behavior. Nothing. Let me tell you something. Rest is not the day and not the time of your life where you have nothing to do. That's not rest. Rest is also, God's rest is also not when you have everything you want. I'll just tell you something. If you think that Getting to a certain place and position in life will be the moment when you have rest. You're wrong. Rest is not when you have everything you want. You pay attention. You watch on television folks who have everything that you want. Most of the time that person is still looking for something else to have that they don't have because there's no rest in things. God's rest is not when you have nothing to do. God's rest is not when you have everything you have, you want. God's rest is not when everything's going your way, a life without trouble. God's rest is available even when you're dealing with death. God's rest is available even when you're dealing with sickness. God's rest is available even when you're dealing with great disappointment. God's rest is available. And ultimately, it is the very thing that we all need. We need God's rest, God's peace. We need rest. And let me tell you something so wonderful. To all of you who are restless, God's rest is available. God's rest is not only available. God's rest is promised to God's people. And you can have it. You can have it. And the Lord wants to bless you with it. And I'm going to tell you something. God's rest is something that you're going to have to work for. <laughs> Sometimes I think, man, I need some rest. And I think in my heart, I just need less to do. And there's except reason there's times that less to do is okay. But God's rest does not come as a byproduct of having nothing to do. We're going to find out when we look into God's word. God's rest comes when we labor at the right thing.
Folks, I'm glad to tell you this morning, there is rest for God's people. There's rest for you. You think, man, this is tough what I'm going through. I'm going to tell you something. I'm sure you're right. But I want to promise you there's rest for God's people. But if we're going to have rest, we're going to have to get rest by God's design. Rest is designed by God and must be obtained God's way. May God help us. There's rest available for God's people, and I'm thankful for that. Let's talk this morning about God's rest. Number one, God's rest. In regards to God's rest, number one, you need to fear coming short of it. The Bible says it exactly like that in verse number one of this chapter. The Bible says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, give you a synopsis of this verse. We should be afraid that we'll miss out on God's promise of rest. We should be afraid that we will come short of God's promise of rest. And it leads us to our first point. We should fear coming short of God's rest. I'll just tell you, if you're here today and you know you're saved and you're know that heaven's your home and you know you're a believer and you know that God's going to work in your heart but you're dealing and battling with unrest in your heart. Look, I'm not judging you. I have to deal with it myself. I deal with it daily and you will too. But you're battling with unrest in your heart and something has got you beat down and you're not trusting the Lord like you have before. I want to remind you of something. There's rest available and when you sense this faithlessness, when you sense the fear, when you sense the restlessness roll in on you. God says you should take fear in, in the fact that you might miss out on God's rest. When I start getting restless, I want to start getting fearful that I'm going to miss out on what God has for me. You know that restlessness is something that God uses to drive us back to Him? How many of you have lived in sin for a time? You don't have to raise your hand, of course, but how many of you have lived in sin for a time? And finally, you got to a point where you just were sick and tired of running from God and sick and tired of the restlessness that your sinfulness had produced. And finally, you said, I've had enough of that. I'm going back to Jesus. Now, look, the restlessness is a tool in your heart that God wants to use to drive fear in you, not to make you scared so you run from God, but make you scared so that you run toward God. There's rest available. There's, God has promised that you can have rest. God has promised that you can, you can rest, that you can pillow your head in faith and trust God in the worst of circumstances. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's circumstances among us this morning and are in the early service and we'll be here tonight in circumstances that we know of that I'll just have to be honest with you, I don't know how we can rest in this situation, but God says we can, and I'm going to take him at his word, and I'm going to trust him. And the Bible's given us some insight as to how we can have victory over this fear, but the, I mean, this restlessness, we should fear coming short of God's promise. What causes me to be restless? The Bible gives us some insight into it. The contrast in this text of Scripture is that the nation of Israel, they didn't have rest for two reasons. The nation of Israel had the promises of God. They had the preaching of God's Word. But they didn't have rest and peace in their hearts. They didn't have victory. They weren't able to cross over into the promised land for 40 years because of two things. Their sin hardened their hearts. 
And secondly, even though God's word was preached that if you'll trust me, I'll get you into the promised land, they didn't believe God and his word. Hard-heartedness and unbelief is what produced restlessness. Now, if hard-heartedness and unbelief produces restlessness, let me tell you something. A tender heart to the Lord and faith in God is the two things that will cause you to have rest in the midst of life's storms. I'll give you an incidence of this. Hardened hearts have no rest. If you look back in chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews, look back just a few verses into verse number 13. Chapter 3 of Hebrews, verse number 13, speaking of the nation of Israel, the Bible says, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Of sin. The Bible says that you are going to miss out on God's rest when your heart is hardened and our hearts are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What is it that's going to make your heart hard? Some people have the idea that going through hard times makes hard hearts. Now look, if you experience hard times sinfully, you are going to have as a byproduct a hard heart. But I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't the hard time that caused the hard heart. It's the hard time dealt with sinfully that produces the hard heart. How many of you have ever been around somebody that went through some really hard things? And the byproduct of the really hard things, God softened their hearts and gave them compassion. And God used that person in a big way to help other people. But it was the hard thing that made them soft. <laughs> Now look, if you think that your hard heart is because of your hard times, you're wrong. Your hard heart as a child of God is because you have dealt with your hard times with sinful behavior and the end result is soft. Now I'm not trying to beat you up, I promise. Lots of folks are dealing with these kind of things. But I'm telling you, there's hope. The Bible said there remains rest. And so I want to encourage you to do something. As you consider your hard times, instead of being bitter at God, instead of being angry at other people, you determine to trust God. You determine to be forgiving. You determine to have faith. And I'm going to tell you something. When you reject sin, the result is going to be a tender, soft heart, a heart that God can use, and a heart that God can use is a heart that's soft and heart that is full of rest. Hardened hearts have no rest. And sin hardens our hearts. Folks, if you excuse your sin, unforgiveness, if you excuse your sin, lust, adultery, if you excuse your sin, lying, whatever, if you excuse your sin, let me tell you something, and you continue in sin, sin hardens your heart, and hard hearts have no rest. So many times people begin sin because they're bitter. They begin sin because, they're, because it's of the hard moment. And they begin in sin because of the hard moment, trying to get relief. But ultimately, sin always hardens hearts, and hard hearts have no rest. If you're here today and you say, boy, I'm having a hard time. I need some rest. I need some peace. Let me tell you something. It's available, but you'll not find it with a hard heart. And hard hearts are produced by sin. I've beat that half to death. Let's move to the next one. We need to fear that we come short of 
God's rest. And hard hearts have no rest. But also faithless hearts have no rest. What was the other thing that caused the nation of Israel to not be able to promise to, to go into God's rest? Well, they didn't believe. The Bible says in verse number 18 of chapter 3, To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. It was their faithlessness that caused them not to have rest. It was their faithlessness that caused them not to have rest. And God's people, we rest when we know the Lord, when we trust the Lord. Verse number 5 of chapter 4, the Bible says, In this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. He said, the reason you don't have rest is because you don't believe. Faithlessness. You know, God wants you to trust him. God wants you to believe him. God wants you to know that he'll come through. There have been a few times with the boys growing up where they were scared over something that I had complete control over. And I just got to be honest with you, it'd make me mad. I'd be like, come on. They'd be driving something. Back on up here. I, 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 I said back on up here. I've got this. Back on up here. It makes me mad when they don't trust me. I'm thankful that God doesn't get angry with us when we don't trust him. The truth is God expects us to trust him. We can trust him. We should trust him. And faithlessness is something that prevents our hearts from resting. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to believe him. God wants you to rest in him. And I'm going to tell you something. If you think somehow you can have enough money in your bank account to have rest, you're wrong. If you think somehow you can live in a house that's nice enough, you won't have any, you can rest, you're wrong. If you think I can have this job, I can rest, you're wrong. If you think I can have this health, I'll be able to rest, you're wrong. You need God to give you rest. And all of us are dealing with things that are bigger than us and bigger than our means. And I'll tell you something, that hurts and it's scary for a moment. But when you realize how much you need God, turn to him and rest in him because God's faithful. We need rest. Rest is available. And when you don't have rest, you need to be afraid. I need to be looking to have the rest that God has promised you. And you can never rest with a hard heart. You can never rest with faithlessness when you won't trust God. Now, we're not talking about perfect faith. We're talking about faith that just keeps going back to God. I love that statement in the scriptures. When the disciples said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. That's where I am. I believe. But I'll just tell you, there's a moment when I don't. And when I fail and refuse to trust God and I bear things up on my own, the rest that God has promised just whoosh, washes away. But when I'm believing and trusting and knowing that God is faithful, I'm able to bear the worst of the worst, knowing that God is a good God, an all-powerful God. God's rest we should fear coming short of it. If you're missing God's rest this morning, I pray God will help you. Number two, if we're going to have rest, 
We're going to need to get it God's way. God's rest, you're going to have to, number two, get it God's way. How does God want us to get his rest? I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to show it to you. The Bible says in verse 9, there remaineth therefore a rest, the people of God. Look, you should memorize that verse. And every time you get anxious, you think there's never going to be a time ever again in my whole life where I'll ever be happy. You remember something, God says rest is still available. When you're tore up, fed up, sick, and tired, and you don't see light at the end of the tunnel, which happens regularly, you remember something, there remains a rest, the people of God. But if you're going to rest, you're going to have to get rest God's way. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 10. The Bible says, He that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Now, this is so wonderful. Any person that has entered into God's rest, it has been the result of him ceasing from his own works. Now, years ago, I read this. I had heard in Bible college, I was a senior in college, Ruth and I were engaged to be married, and I was crazy. I was working uh, a full-time job at the, at the college and the church. I was taking way too many, many credit hours. Those of you folks who know uh, college stuff, I had 21 credit hours my senior year. I had way too many credit hours. I was working a full-time job. I was traveling and singing and preaching on the weekends, and I was trying to court Ruth to and that was my favorite part and I remember one night I was a, I was a dorm supervisor and I, was, I got to my room and I was so tired I was wore out I'd been out working and I got in late and I remember someone had told me that Hebrews chapter 4 was the rest chapter in the Bible and I thought well if there's anybody on the planet that needs some rest here I am I need some rest and so I opened my Bible and I started to read Hebrews chapter number 4 and I got to Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 10 and all I could see was if you're going to enter into rest you have to cease from your own works and I thought hallelujah there's my excuse and I thought I'm quitting everything if I have to I'm going to quit school I'm tired of this mess I'm going to quit my job I'm going to quit school I'm I'm quitting everything but Ruth (laughs) and this is how old I was I had a phone in my room with a cord Dorm supervisors got one of those. And I picked up the phone in my room with a cord. I called Ruth. She was in her dorm with a phone with a cord. I said, I'm wore out. I said, but I found something to buy. I'm I'm trying to decide right now what I'm going to quit. I said, here, I'm reading it to you. I read read that verse. I said, if you're going to rest, you're going to cease from your own works. And I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to quit. I'm tired. Ruth said, that don't sound right. You probably need to read a little bit more. I'm like, "Uh, okay. I did. I read verse number 11. And it said, we need to cease from our own works, but we need to labor to enter into rest. Like, uh uh-oh, that messes up my plan. And then God showed me one little word. He hath ceased from his own works. You know what we're about to do? We have decided what's going to make us happy. 
We've decided what we want. We've decided what will fulfill us. We've decided what we need to get and have in order to rest. As a matter of fact, we spend our lives perpetually looking and trying to obtain rest and never finding it in our own works. Often our own works are sinful and sinful actions make hard hearts and hard hearts make restless hearts and hard hearts make faithless hearts and you can't rest if you're like that. And we do our own thing. We try to manipulate situations with our words. We try to lie and cheat and steal to get what we want. We go after materialistic things saying somehow if I can get this then I can have all I want and I can rest but it's wrong. We go after relationships and they all, oh, wow, surely... This relationship will change things. The Bible says you need to cease from your own works. Oh, how many foolish things do we try to find rest in? You think if I could lie a little bit and get what I want, then I'll, have to, I'll be able to rest. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Let me tell you something. Christian people are really bad to lie. And you need to ask God to help you to be honest and forthright and truthful. Quit lying. You know what you're doing when you're lying? You're doing your own works. You know what your own works produce? Restlessness and faithlessness. Stop that mess. Cheating. Let me tell you something. Christian people are bad to cheat. Stop it. You know what you're doing when you're cheating? Your own works. Why do we cheat? We cheat so we can get what we want. So we can have some rest. But you're cheating. You know what your cheating's doing? You're cheating. It's robbing you of the rest that God. It's your own. You need to stop your own works. Materialism. We'll do anything to get this or that. There's nothing wrong with having things. I like things. I really like things. It's just a fact. But I ain't never found one that made me absolutely perfectly happy. And when I think about the health and welfare of my children, and when I think about Blessings that God has given that money and things can't provide. Those things seem to be pretty unimportant. We need to cease from our own works. Relationships. You know, so many people have got this idea. If I could just have a friend, then I could be at peace. Let me tell you something. If you're yearning in your soul to find that perfect friend that will fulfill you and give you the peace, look... Friends are good, and we should have friendships, and friendships are important, and churches, there's a good place to find, find a friend. But let me tell you something. You can have a rest without a friend. You need to make sure being, becoming, having a friend is not your, God, not your God. We think somehow relationships are the very thing that's going to make everything better. Oh, how many times have I heard people say, a married man say of a woman that's not his wife, that's my soulmate. Or a married woman say of a man that's not her husband, that's my soulmate. Let me tell you something. That little phrase, soulmate, is something that's from the pits of hell. It's not in the Bible. And you're trying to convince yourself of something that ain't right and true. And let me tell you something. You're not going to find rest in some person that's not your wife or not your husband. You're not going to find rest in some uh, sinful sexual behavior. You're not going to find rest anywhere but God. You need to stop your own works. Cease from your own works. 
Quit trying to manipulate God. Rest in the Lord. He says, you need to cease from your own works. You need to say, whoa, I'm not going to try to get what I want in a sinful way. He says, you need to cease from your own works. Verse number 11. You need to cease from your own works and then you need to labor to enter into rest. The Bible says, verse number 11, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The Bible says labor. Now, I'll just tell you something. It broke my heart that night that Ruth told me I need to read more. When I read that phrase, let us labor. And I thought, Lord, I'm wore out. And then I kept reading. The Bible says we need to labor, but we need to labor at something very specific. The Bible says, let's labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He said, labor into that rest. And the very next thing God's word says, after he says, labor to enter into that rest, he says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner, the thoughts and intense thought. The very next thing, if we're going to labor in that rest, the Bible says what you need to labor in is you need to labor in God's Word. Now, folks, let me tell you something God's Word will do. It's a hardened heart and faithlessness that causes us to be restless. God's Word, the Bible says, is like a hammer, <laughs> and it'll break up a hard heart. God's Word, the more you read and study God's Word, the greater your faith in God and God's Word is. It's an amazing thing that happens. The more you study, the more you learn, and the more you trust in God's Word, the more you're able to continue to trust in God's Word. And God says, if you're going to rest, and I want to give you rest, I want you to rest laboring in God's Word. We're not laboring in God's Word to prove our points. We're laboring in God's Word so that God will speak to our heart. Let me tell you something. You say, I don't have a college education. You don't have to. I don't have a high school. You don't have to. Let me tell you something. There's never been a moment in history that it was easier to study and know God's word than right now. There's never been a moment ever where God's word was more readily available. If you have any tech savvy at all, you can listen to God's word anywhere you are, anytime. And if you're not, we can get you a cassette tape with God's Word recorded on it. And you can play it on a cassette tape. If you don't have that, we'll get you a solar-powered radio that we send to the jungles. It's got God's Word on it. And you can listen to God's Word. There's no reason why you can't let God's Word in your heart regularly. But I'll just tell you something. We're lazy. And the best thing to do is just to sit down and make a time where you read it yourself. And you make it a point to get the help that you need to understand it. And you turn on Bible preachers that will encourage you and help you and point you to God's Word. The Bible says if you want to have rest, you need to work. At what? Not work at making more money. Not work at getting what you want. You need to work at knowing God's Word. You see, when we labor in God's Word, God's Word gives us rest. If you're here today and you've experienced it, you know God's Word gives you rest. It's a fascinating thing. I find myself regularly restless. I don't like to admit it, but 
you know me, I'm just going to tell you that I'm not perfect. And if you've around me very much, you know that's the case. I find myself restless. But you know something? When I have to study to prepare to preach, and I praise the Lord that I have to very regularly, or I'd be in big trouble. When I have to, I should say get to, dig into God's Word, prepare to preach, God uses His Word to preach to me, settle my heart, convict me of my sin so that I'll repent of it, tenderize my heart, increase my faith. And you know what happens? When your heart's soft to the Lord and you're trusting Him, you rest. That's how it works. You rest. God says, if you're going to have peace, you're going to have to labor in my word. I think this is so amazing. But that's not the only thing it says in this chapter. I could spend all day talking about this chapter. He says, you need to labor to enter into that rest. And the first thing he says is, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharpening two-edged sword. But then what else does he talk about? In the same chapter, in the same context, he says in verse 15, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. It talks about Jesus. Jesus is our great intercessor. The Bible says in verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. We may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Verse number 16 of Hebrews chapter number 4 is one of the most popular prayer verses in all the Bible. Come boldly before the throne. What does God want us to do? He wants us to pray. Prayer is when we relinquish control and give it to God. God wants us to pray. What does God say? I'm just telling you, this is so profound. Nobody's ever said this before. Until now. Aren't you lucky that you got me? I'm just kidding. What's God's word say? If you want rest, you need to labor in God's word and prayer. When you start studying and being interested in God's word and you start praying, Lord, I'm not talking about some high priestly prayer, some big word, long thing. I'm talking about you just pray, I need you, Lord. I don't know what to do about this family issue. I need you, Lord. I don't know what to do about this lust. I need you, Lord. I don't know what to do about this burden and this sin. I need you. Pray. Have you ever noticed that two of the hardest things in the world to do as a Christian is to make time and make yourself read your Bible and pray? I'll just tell you something. We have an adversary that wants to keep you away from the most important thing you'll ever do. And the devil hates when Christians are resting in the Lord. You know something sweet? There's rest available for God's people. And you can have it. Where do I find it? God's word and prayer. Where do I not find it? You'll not find it with a hard heart. Hardened by sin. Where do I find it? You'll not find it being faithless. You'll find it in God's word and prayer. It's amazing how this works. God will use his word and prayer to clean you of your sin. Soften your hard heart. Increase your faith. And the end result, guess what? Rest. Rest. The Lord wants to help you. He wants to bless you and he will. I just want you to know, 
there is rest for God's people. Let's pray.